I heard you say, in this world, all of our dreams become dares once we decide to reach for them. Mm-hmm. When did you start reaching? These kind of relationships that can be disturbed when we don't take the time to know what it is to say, to know how to It was almost like singing was just what I did as a younger than 11. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't have any like aspirations for what my voice could do or how I wanted to sound or mm. anything. It was like, you know, my mom, Tammy, learn this song. You can sing this. You know, but this will be a good song for you to sing. My, my parents were really, um, you know, really supportive, like, from, uh, from, you know, when I was young, but, um, yeah, so it wasn't anything that I, I just, I knew I could sing, so I just, you know, I would sing, like, I'm talking, although I didn't talk for a long time, I didn't talk for a long, I, they say I was probably about almost three and a half, four years old before I started talking, but I was singing, you were singing, but you weren't talking. No, like I wouldn't talk to people. I would talk to my dolls. Okay. I could. I just wouldn't. Okay. Yeah. Huh. I wouldn't. Yeah. Have you, were, did your parents attribute that to like shyness of some sort or? I don't, I don't know. They never, I don't even think they questioned it too much. Okay. It's like, well, she don't want to talk to you, so just <laughs> leave her alone. <laughs> she yeah. not tell you why. She just, Autonomy in the 70s. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I got you. Yeah. And this church, this house, your Mm -hmm. parents, you are from Aval. (laughs) Right. I don't know what you say it. Aval, Virginia. Uh, Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. Ivor. Ivor. That's how you spell it, y'all. I-V-O-R. I I looked at that. I was like, is that a typo? Did they do that wrong? And then I... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the gold look. Come on. What is it like growing up there? Um, it was, I felt free. I felt loved. Um, it was always like community leaders around. Um, cousins. A lot of um, trees <laughs> and stumps. Because it's the country. <laughs> I tripped over quite a few stumps in my life. Okay. I have the marks to prove it. No mind. You know, it was um, a wooden bridge behind my house, you know, that you could hear every car going. And then it was like Mack trucks in the front okay. part because um, that land was divided. You got a road going through. Um, it was all of my... my um, my grandfather, great grandfather's land. Um, but anyways, 460 that goes through, it's a highway. Okay. And I had a wooden bridge in the back. And then I had a train, um, it was a train track behind us too. So I had all this soundscape. I wasn't in the city, but I had the soundscape. You, 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 you heard it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But it was, it was just normal, you know. How, normal. how do you, how do you think growing up 
and Ivor impacted and shaped your life? Oh my gosh, it, it, it keeps me grounded. It has, it has made me, well, I think the fact that I, um, I honor my upbringing and I honor the people of that town, that's what really keeps me grounded. Okay. You know? Not Some people go away from small towns and they don't look back, but, or don't even, you know, care less about that. Yeah. But I, you know, I think because I have, I'm still close to the people in the town, that makes me, you know, feel, um, I don't know, like, this sense of, like, gratitude. Mm. Um, yeah. The person you guys are listening to is singer, songwriter, mother, wife, yeah. entrepreneur. Yeah. I just met her today. <laughs> Beautiful sister. Tamara Wellens, how are you? I'm great. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank I you am, I've been absorbing myself in the, Wellens world, mm -hmm. listening to your music and connecting with your words, even the visuals with your uh, family. It's hard mm -hmm. to tap into your music and to your, your, your media yeah. and not recognize immediately that like, this sister is about spirituality. Mm. She's about growth. She's about, you know, family. Yeah. And, it, and it all comes out in everything. And uh, hearing you. about Ivor is like, oh, okay. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling great. Yeah. I'm feeling like I can't take this smile off my face. Okay. Yeah. You released an album mm -hmm. last year. Yes. Was it, last, it was last year, 2022, it was right? last year. Mm-hmm. Months of Sunday. Yes. And I love how you say it. Months <laughs> of Sundays. You said it like you were from Ivor. But I'm from... <laughs> hold on. It's Ivor. 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 I said, so months of Sunday. Months. Yes. Months. Yes. Yeah. So you've done about... Let me take a step back. I don't want to overlook your accomplishments. You've been out oh. here doing your thing. Yeah. You've been moving. You've been yeah. working with all types of people. Yes. And remixes, house vocalists. It, yeah. What has this journey of music and creation been like for you? It's like a, um, it's like a Ferris wheel. I like that. Like a Ferris wheel. Yeah. Explain more. It's like, you know, getting on, you know, the excitement of like lifting off. And then it's like you're being in this space where you can see the open sky and it's just, um, um, just excitement. It's really exciting to be doing the work that I do in music because it's like you create this tangible thing. I, well, music is, is tangible once it's put
put on, you know, uh, um, recorded mm-hmm. out of nothing. Yeah. I think that's just fascinating to me, you know, so. But it does, come, it, I mean, it comes out of your head too, right? Like it, it's. Yeah, the, the but wor- still it feels like it's like, like, like the clouds. But it is out of my head. <laughs> You've done four studio albums, four albums. One was, the first one was um, Life Is. Well, I did an EP before Life Is. Okay. It's not online. It was called um, Introducing Tamar Wellens. Why didn't you put that out? 2003. 20 years ago. Why haven't you put it out? I got this is I back in the tape days. Yeah, it was old, but <laughs> but you know I had like a enhanced CD part, so it was like a little video in there. I just I don't know what happened. I don't know why I didn't put it on there. Um, and I have a few hard copies left. That was the work that um, where Rome had on that on that okay on that album. Yeah, because I because he told me to, I, I went on Bandcamp to look for it. Yes, I don't think it's anywhere. Okay, I need to I need to bring it up, bring it back. But yes, life is um, my first full length album, songs for Janie. Um, pretty, and then months of Sundays. Months. Months of Sundays. <laughs> months of. You had a voice early. Yes. When did the writing come in? Oh, my gosh. In college. Um, I, I got with some, well, first of all, I had, there was a lot of um, beat makers on campus, and I would try out, you know, my songs with, with these guys. And I'm thinking, oh, I, I hooked up with, this guy named Hezekiah. Okay. From Philly. Hez. He's he's amazing MC and producer. And um he was friends with my friend who's from Delaware and the Philly whole Philly crew. And so I went up there and we just started working on some songs. Um I wrote this. Did I did I record this? I did. It's on that first project. So I just I just thought that maybe I should try writing instead of singing other people's songs. What was the first song you ever wrote? It was called Finally. And I wrote it with this sister from Delaware, who was my best friend's sister, and Hezekiah. What do you use music for in your life? Mm. I've used it for different things. I've used it to um, get in a mood. Uh, that's like always. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, whether it's like, you know, I'm ready to go to a party. Um, I use it to calm myself down, to think, to, oh, just to sing. I love um, songs that I can sing along to. I just, um, so I use it for... Um, I, I use music to reach my soul. 
I think there's been a, um, I noticed in your writing mm -hmm. from the beginning to like Monster Sundays that mm -hmm. you're getting a lot more personal. Yeah. What yes. do you, what do you, what do you attribute that to? Um, I think um, being more um, accepting of myself in my life and not um, needing to, like, it's, we were talking about a little bit earlier about being vulnerable like that, getting to that place where I am, yeah, that's, well, that's what it is. It's just I am I was dare say more brave, braver. Which one is it? Both. <laughs> <laughs> I think they both work. Okay, it both works. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You were yeah. more more brave when. Um, in my more confident and brave in my writing, and like in my you said when coming from Pretty Album to Months of Sundays. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Were you getting your mother? Mm-hmm. You got a gang of kids. Yes. <laughs> a team. She got a team, y'all. Six kids, 22, mm -hmm. yeah. blended family. Yes. Sounds like everything works beautifully from what I heard. Yes. Um, Brother Kennard. Yes. <laughs> Salute on that um, pretty. What's the what's yes. the name of the intro? The song of the pretty. She believed. Yeah, she believed. Oh, bro, yes. you killed that. You killed that. Uh, mm -hmm. You killed that bass on there. So yes. thank you. I, I I asked I asked your wife about that when when she came. I was like, who is that? She's like, that's kind of hard. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. But um, yes. blended family. Mm -hmm. Life, life's, you know, you yes. get some scabs, some bruises, you mm, pick mm, up, mm. put down. Yes. Got to keep going. Yep. Got to keep the love. Yep. And sometimes we hold on to things a little bit longer than we should. Mm -hmm. And uh, I can only imagine that living life, being a mom, yeah. a wife, you know, connects you to things. Yeah. That you weren't necessarily connected to in yes, you know the first two joints. Well, um, actually, my my son was in the studio with me when I was recording my first song, my first album, right? So, a lot of my um, like the song "Your Face" and "Like Rain" that was about my daughter, which was my second child. So it, it, it seemed like. Every time I had an album, it was a baby coming too. <laughs> but but it really um, it kind of informed my music, being a mom and and a wife, and then going through a period where I wasn't a wife anymore, and that was the toughest time for me to kind of really express myself in music. Mm. So, um, so I did that through 
that's songs for Janie. That's songs for Janie was um, it was inspired by Janie, who was the you know main character in Zora Neale Hurston's book There After Watching God. But for me, it was more than just telling that story, her story. It was it was like a place where I could actually put myself in. Okay. To not have to really express what I was feeling and what I was going through. I, could, I, I use that as a, a place to express myself. So, that, so you used music to express. Yes. Did you not want to tap in? So let, let me take a, you, Songs for Janie came out in 2012. Yes. And so you were. But the, I started writing it in 2009. Okay. Yeah. So when you, um, you're, is it okay to say divorced? Yes. In 2000, were you divorced in 2012? In, yes, I was. Okay. But so, I wasn't when I started writing that. In 2009. Right. <laughs> so yes. did you change some stuff around? Or? No, it, it just really like, it, it, it helped me, um, like I needed a place to go. I needed somewhere to go. And so I went there with the music would you consider yourself someone who um is good at expressing their feelings mm. yes okay mm-hmm. i am good at expressing my feelings so when you so you you were expressing your feelings through that period for song for janie yeah where it needed to be but then you you were using the the music for a different form of it. <laughs> Behind the music a little bit. Okay. So that's why I was asking yeah. about sharing, about your, were you hiding yeah. feelings? Or what? Um, I don't, it, it was a little bit of um, placing my feelings there. Okay. Through this character. Through gotcha. Janie. And making it be about her and her story. Gotcha. For me. Understood. But it was for me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Divorce is hard. It is. It is. It was, it was, uh, it is hard. I think the leading up to it can be hard. But for me, when I'm, you know, ready to go and move, that's not so hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was telling someone, all these misconceptions about men mm-hmm. and I remember um when I was going through my divorce I don't know why yeah but I was attracting random dudes <laughs> who, who was going through divorce really random I'll be on the train I'll be on a plane yeah. I'll be all these random places and I'm a you know yeah. I strike up conversations with people just not intentionally but just you know, I'm a curious person by nature. Yeah, yeah. And it just so happens, I'm, I was on the plane crying <laughs> with this dude sitting next to me oh going through a divorce. And I was like, because we were talking about how only way to describe a divorce is going through this. It's very similar to a funeral. Yes. You, something is dying. Yes. And, and it's not coming back. It's not coming back. Yeah. You have to mourn that. You have to, what, yeah. I mean, obviously you take inventory, you try to 
get what you need from the situation mm -hmm. to learn for, you know, part for the next thing or whatever. But yeah. I was, um, I don't know what it was about me that was connecting with these other people, other men's energy and how they, like I was saying before, I don't know what women think dudes be doing sometimes. Like we get a divorce, how <laughs> we get ready to go. We were like, these brothers were some it. of it in it. So it's, yeah. it's, um, I always empathize with people who, who, who have to go through that mm. because it's, and I didn't have any kids or anything like that. So I can't even imagine, you yeah. know, with like kids and stuff yep. involved. So, yeah. um, having an outlet like music to be able to, yeah, share, man, it, it kind of kept me sane, I think. How did, um, Tell me about, talk to me about Pretty. Pretty. Right after Songs for Janie. Um, I, I wish I had named the album something else. Why? Because I don't think it said enough about what I was trying to um, put out in that album. So it was, a, um, it was just a weird place in time. 2016 anyway, mm -hmm. you know, but it was also this um, other side to it personally where, you know, I was about to be married and in love and in this place where I felt, you know, free um, again in love. <laughs> gotcha. And so... But then there were all these things that were going on in the world that I felt like I wanted to say more about. Okay. You know, so yeah. And, and Pretty came about, was like, okay, there's, there's always a connection to Ivor in my music. Well, even with Songs for Janie, there was a little bit of connection there for me. Um, because Edenville, little town that Zora Neale Hurston, um, that, that story was based in is very much, I felt like it was very much like Ivor. Okay. You know? So there's always this me coming to myself again, which, you know, from my hometown, from Virginia, that part that I feel like that will always be with me when I'm creating music. Mm. So Pretty was about how beautiful I saw this space, um, but how... Um, the reality of it, it was, you know, some ugly sides to it, you know, with just kind of being in America, really. Yeah. Yeah. And was that some of the, like, street names and mm -hmm. how it, like, was juxtaposed against yeah. all of the stuff that yes. was going on? Yeah. Blackhead. Blackhead Signpost. Is a street name. Yes. It was a street name. They now changed. They took the black part off of it. So it's just head? signpost. Oh, signpost. They took the black head part off. And there was another name that was real crazy. Hanging Tree Road. Is that still Hanging Tree Road? It's still Hanging Tree Road. They say that it's not, um, and this is the um, part of um, whiteness that, truly ignorant and not sensitive to um, black people's stories. 
or not even care, you know. But um, they said that that road was kind of not a, um, that it didn't mean that's not what it was meant for. It was supposed to be meant for something else. But there are things that are, um, that we are sensitive to. Yeah. That um, some people just don't care about. And compound words such as hanging tree is, yep. is, is one of those. Yeah. That, yeah, very much. Yeah. Given the history of Southampton County, with Nat Turner being um, a hero to some and a murderer to others for fighting against slavery in the brutal way that he was and, and the people, people not even associated with his, um, the movement were killed yeah. in Southampton County. What do you think you would have named the, the album? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I like pretty. You like pretty? Yeah, I like, and Thank especially you. in like hearing some of the videos that you did about yeah. it. And, oh yeah. Uh, you know what? Now, okay. <laughs> now going back and remembering the conver the question I asked people was. Um, you know, what is pretty to you? What does that mean? What's underneath? I wanted to know. That was like the campaign for it. Thank you for mentioning that. Because that brings back all the memories about um, what I created leading up to that. Like I had these pretty parties mm -hmm. um, where we would, you know, have this group of people would come together and we would talk about envisioning a more beautiful world. Um, Dang, that was so good, actually. I thought it I, I it was is. like, I like pretty. <laughs> All right, now I have to take it back. I, I do, I, I do, where my mind went when I was looking at it and listening was embracing, just because something's pretty doesn't mean it's not ugly in certain areas right and when I was hearing you say that what I was hearing you say was it's what it's what you it's what you focus on mm -hmm. and what you're focusing on is yes. the prettiness of it yep that's what yep. I got from it mm -hmm. excuse me and that's what made it Dope, because I immediately I was like, pretty ugly, pretty ugly. In my head, <laughs> right. I was just going back and forth. And I was like, huh, there's, there, ugly can be pretty, mm -hmm. too, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. I'm glad you, thank you. So if stuff was thank going you. on in the world yes. that was ugly. Right. But my focus was on, yeah. 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 What does, um... What is pretty, what did it, did, has your idea of pretty changed from then to now? Because I guess you were asking people what pretty meant. Yeah. Did you, did you have a, a concept of it back then and has it changed? I was in the question as well. <laughs> um, and I don't know that it's changed. But what I'm thinking about now is... Um, I had a poet uh, on there from U Street. Um, his name is Face. Okay. You know Face? Mm-mm. I know a DJ named Face. 
Well, in the making of um, Pretty, I reached out to him because I wanted to use one of his songs. I love like um, the uh, um, ag aggressive um, way that he would, you know, present his poetry. Okay. And I wanted to make one of his poems a song to see if I could, you know, just to um, one, he was kind of a radical poet. And I wanted something on my album that spoke to that side. But then after I met with him and we went through the songs and um, figured out we wanted, I wanted uh, Restitution was one of his songs. That okay. I did. Uh, one of his poems. And, um, but his name is Pretty Face. <laughs> he was like, yeah, because I'm pretty, you know, like. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, don't, I, I don't think I um, knew that about him until we met up and we started talking. He was like, yeah, well, they call me pretty. You know, I'm pretty face. And the, uh, okay. And the, yeah, so it was a lot of things that did connect with this album being named Pretty. Um, yeah, and, I, and, and that was one of these projects where I felt like it's hard to quantify um, the success of an album now. Okay. Because streaming, you know, your work can get lost in it. Yeah, for sure. Not, we're not making no money off of streaming, right? So my, my mindset was I'm going to do everything to the buildup of this. I'm going to create community around the making of the album to, you know, who I had on the album. Like, that was, um, that was the important part to me. Like, that was the prize. Okay of that album. I ain't even worry about the streaming so much because I, you know, what are we doing? What message am I giving? Um, yeah. That's what are your it. thoughts about music nowadays? I think it's so all over the place. My thoughts are, um, there's so much to choose from. It's like information. Yeah. It's, that's, huh. Yeah. So you have to be intentional about what you want to hear, what you want to listen to. As a, as a listener, you know, um, find the communities and the people that listen to certain things. You know, what you listening to now? <laughs> from, yeah. you know, I, I listen to my, um, my kids. You know, what they're listening to, I try to, this is me on the consumer side. On the maker side of it, I'm like, what is really in my heart that I want to put out? Mm. You know? So, that might not be the best business decision. But, you know. It rarely is. Right? <laughs> At least from a short to midterm standpoint. Right. Long term, maybe. Yeah. But. Yeah. Do you, as a person who writes and creates, mm -hmm. it's a vulnerable thing to do, to put yourself yeah. out there like that. And, yes. and as much as we, some of us hate to admit it, there is this fear of rejection kind of type thing sometimes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you see certain people making headway with their career and doing yeah. certain things, but you you know, you're intentional about what you want to do and where yes. you want to go. Um, 
have you had to reconcile anything in your head or heart about like how your career has progressed or? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I decided that I was going to um, do what I wanted to do in music. And I also, I, I do kind of battle with this about how I'm going to make it financially sustainable. I battle with that still, um, but every so often around the Ferris wheel, I, um, <laughs> I, I, I let it go and just decide that I'm gonna make music, mm-hmm. whether it's lucrative or sustainable or not, I'm gonna make music. Just like I'm talking to you, just like I'm walking. <laughs> I'm gonna make music. Cause you've been doing it since you was three, singing and Yes. Yep. And it's always been somebody around me though to push me just a little bit, like, girl, girl, you can you can do this, you know. That's that's my angels. Talk know? about that more, because I don't think people under it's crazy how a little voice like that or a little nudge yes. comes at that moment where <laughs> it's like, I was getting ready to turn the lights off in right. this joint. <laughs> and then somebody's like, nah. Yes, it matters. Tribe it matters. is critical. Like those, yes. those voices. It's critical. And I don't even think, that's why I do think it's spirit because I don't know if people are actually doing that to knowing that it's going to change your life. (laughs) Yeah. You just changed my life. (laughs) That's why. Keep singing. You got to listen. Yes. God is talking all the time. Yes. And it's, it's, it's not God. It's our interpretation of his voice Mm. that puts us in positions to miss. But every now and then there's that synchronicity. Mm-hmm. Things align in a way that says, oh, and I'm, oh, that's beautiful. Thank you. Mm. And that's why I'm trying to connect with my intuition more and mm-hmm. listen and be listen. Mm-hmm. And, um, it helps. Yes. It's a skill too, though. And, and it's something yeah. that I think it's a lot easier to do when you get older. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like as you, as you get older, because yeah. you didn't, you didn't, you, you've made so many mistakes by not listening right. that you've got right. a large data set to draw from to make, mm-hmm. to be like, oh, okay, I need to do this. Yep. But it's actual practice. And maybe if, you know, that kind of practice had, had started maybe earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. As we, as I'm older now, it's easier for me to just don't even question it. Mm-hmm. Like move with a certain sense of knowing. Yes. As opposed to thinking. Right. And, right. and they're two very different things. Yeah. Man. I feel like that's where I am in my life. 
there's a part of me that's um, still doing the, a little thinking. <laughs> and then there's the other part that's like, there's a knowing, like, um, you know. Same. <laughs> that's, um, I call it fear sometimes. Mm. What do you think it is? Yeah, it's fear. If I think about the thinking and what's there, <laughs> it's fear. Um, so when 2016, the next year, I um, started my company, which is Her Dreams Productions. And it was kind of like a little soft launch. I was like, it was really just me declaring myself as um, a business owner in a different form for like LLC, right? You know, and yeah. kind of pulling together the things that I was going to do under that. Um, but one of the things that I wanted to do with Her Dreams Productions was create this documentary on Avil. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so um, that's when I started, you know, also like, Capturing stories, recording folks at home, you know, getting super curious about what story I wanted to tell about Ivor, Virginia, Southampton County. Um, and so now I've gotten to this place where the parts that I'm not sure about, it used, the documentary was a part of that too. Okay. A lot of fear with me. I would take like little inches, little steps here and there, but I wasn't like going full in on it because it's an unknown territory to me, you know, being a filmmaker. Um, so that has now moved to like, I know that this is part of my life's work. I know this is what I have to do. So I'm kind of like kicking fear in the butt <laughs> so okay. I can move forward on that. Do you typically manage fear well? Uh, um, I don't know until after I've conquered the thing. <laughs> I like that. I don't know. I yeah. like that. What I think is really cool about that is we lie very well. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's not <sighs> until you're out of the lie where you realize you were lying. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can convince yourself yeah. of something if oh you tell God. yourself it long enough. Yeah. And sometimes I sit and I watch somebody and say, no, 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 I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. And you sit yeah. there and you watch them. And then yeah. a year later, they'll come back, oh, I was doing that. Yeah. Because they couldn't. So mm -hmm. the, the, and fear is one of those things that just creep. It's just a part of life in a way that you mm -hmm. can't re recognize it. Oh, I was moving in fear. Yep. At that moment. Yes. I didn't even realize I was moving in fear. Oh my gosh. Fear. I was moving yes. in fear. Yep. And I'm trying to be more mindful of moving in fear, but to the point that you make, sometimes I don't know if I'm in fear <laughs> till I'm out of the fear. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, I was being fearful. Oh, that was what, that's what that was. Yeah. It's interesting how many, how so many of us are going through the same thing. Mm -hmm. Men, as much as yeah. there's all these wars between men and women yeah. and all of this and that, it's which is crazy. We're all just getting through it. Yep, yep. 
I um is is Ivor known for something specifically? Other than no. being the birthplace of Tamara Wellen. Yeah. <laughs> um well no it's not, but it's a part of what I I want to do. Like um and there's some story like I, I'm 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 doing this story um with Ivor in a way that I'm not gonna um say what it is that I'm trying to get there. I wanna just do the filming, collect the stories, examine that, and then let that story surface. So I don't have all the answers to what Ivor is known for. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Yeah. Not yet. I, I, it, we do have the oldest African-American church in Southampton County, which is a little significant being Nat Turner is, you know, 16 miles from Ivor, that where, where the insurrection was in Cortland was called Jerusalem at the time. And wow. him being a preacher, um, being able to read, and mm -hmm. gather people together because, you know, he had this ability to preach and read. Him having visions. I don't know. There's just so much to, there's something there. But I can't, I don't know exactly what part of this story is going to be told. It's so interesting. I asked you. How did growing up in Ivor shape you? Mm. And the question, <laughs> the way you answered it, hearing you tell the story and how much you're connected to that place, mm. I just I get a feeling like it means so much yeah. to you. Yeah. There's a connection in your music. Yeah. You know, are your parents still there? My parent, my mom is still there. My dad passed two two years ago. Oh. Yep. Yeah. My my dad yeah. passed. Hmm. How many how many siblings? Three sisters. Okay. Um, All girls. All girls. And then and then and at your house, you got one boy and five. Yeah. Well, they're not all at the house. I mean, I got you. I got you. you. Know, but yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Were you a, a dad? A lot of women. Are you, uh, where, where, where were you in the lineup, age-wise? baby. So were you a daddy's girl? Um, I don't know. I think, I think my two older sisters were more daddy's girls. Okay. But I don't think that what I had with my dad, like, he, he was very vulnerable with me. Very honest. I don't know if he was like that with Tia and Tony and my sisters. <laughs> but he told, shared some things with me that, you know, they were very um, open. Yeah, so we had these real deep conversations. Did that, did that, did that level of vulnerability in your dad, because I know before when we were talking offline, you were talking about like what your thoughts were about like little boys. Oh yeah. When you were little, like, and yeah. did, did, so as as you got older, did that kind of like shift what you felt yes. a man's emotional capacity could be? 
Yeah, I always looked at my dad as separate from the other men and boys. Okay. <laughs> so he was... He was just different, you know. Um, yeah, and I knew that where, whereas, where I felt like um, or thought boys didn't have feelings, I never thought that with my dad, though. Because he wasn't a boy. He was your dad. He was my dad. Yeah. He, you know, very humble and silly. <laughs> humble and silly and just, you know, kind of fascinating. So the video I watched. Yeah. Where your dad was talking. Yes. Oh. That was. 17. Yeah, 17. Yeah. That, he, he was just, I mean, he knew my songs. So maybe, I don't know, may, I don't know if this constitutes as a daddy's girl, but he was really into me. <laughs> <laughs> I think. He was into me. I think, I think, it, I think that. I think a part of the definition is, well, no, because a part of it is your, your, your piece to him, too, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I need to talk about this month of Sundays. Okay. I am uh, moved. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I... Uh, mm -hmm. How'd you come up with the name? Um, you know, when you haven't seen anybody, when you haven't seen someone in a long time, there's a saying that says, I haven't seen you in a month of Sundays. And 2020 was that period for us. Mm -hmm. And I took up, um, a play on that, as well as what Sundays were for me. Um, they're sacred. It's a sacred time for me in a lot of the world. And um, but I wanted to have that every day of my week, have a little bit of Sunday every day of my week. So there was this special special thing about. Um, Sundays in that sacred time, sacred space that um, I wanted to sing about, which was kind of what the love on me is about, but also this, this time, this concept of time and being away from people, but being connected to yourself. Um, that's what Monster Sundays was. Or is, yeah. The love on me, did, did you feel you were at a point where you weren't loving on yourself? I, I think I go through periods of that where I have to remind myself or I get reminded that I need to kind of focus on myself a little bit. I do a lot of... Um, Looking out. For others? Mm-hmm. Looking yeah. out. Um, yeah. 
through this th these portals called eyes. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> like, you know, seeing something or wanting to be a part of things. I love being a part of things, right? But there are times where I have to remind myself that I need to kind of focus in. Yeah, so I... <laughs> I, I write these songs for the world, but they really like they're for me. Yeah. Like I have to remind myself yeah. with my own songs. <laughs> it was yeah. it was the, the, the writing was I'm trying to think of a word. It was I got the feeling that you were tapping into something that you weren't, that I didn't feel you were tapping into with like pretty. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And I listened to a little, I didn't get to listen to all of the song uh, for Janie. Songs for Janie, yeah. Yeah, but and even the first joint, it, it's getting old is real. Yes. Mm -hmm. Our relationship to time mm -hmm. is shifting. Yes. And it's moving faster. Yeah. And it's so important for yep. us to try to slow down sometimes to acknowledge what's there. But and yes. in most cases, what's there is us. Right. Our feelings, our mm -hmm. accomplishments, what we did, what we didn't do. And, and that's what I felt like love on me was like mm. just saying, I just need to slow down and just acknowledge myself, acknowledge, acknowledge myself. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for listening. And getting it <laughs> in the way that you have because you know you put these words on on paper and record them and sometimes you know you don't know who's listening yeah and and and, mm -hmm. and, and Deborah had a song on her album yeah about time and we yes, had the very purpose. yeah mm -hmm. a very com a, a very similar conversation mm -hmm. and you know we thought you know for a long time that we had a lot of time right and it's and the reality is the older you're getting the faster the time will spend the, yeah. the faster the time will feel mm -hmm. because it represents a smaller percentage yeah of what we've lived mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it wasn't just the word it wasn't just the um the production Sitting, listening. Mm -hmm. I start crying. Mm. I pick wow. up the phone and I call somebody mm -hmm. who both of us know. What I was crying about <laughs> was the string arrangements. Oh my gosh. Yes. I called Piranha Head. No way. And was like, <laughs> bro, we no have a 15-minute moment to where we're both crying. He's talked, oh he he shared gosh. some stuff about mm. um 
what he was doing and what was happening in his life mm. around the time mm. of that album. And I was yes. like, dude, I felt you, bro. Yeah. And he was like, and, and the pick, when I picked up the, when he called, he was like, you have no idea. You're calling <laughs> at the right time. <laughs> Really? He, oh, that's what no, no, that's what happened. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. He yes. he was there was something with him and, and I called him at the right time and then oh. we just called. He was like, Yeah, please tell my that's my sister. That's my that sister. My Call brother. my sister. That's so my brother. He wanted me to let oh you know. Gosh. So I didn't know that was your friend. Well, we just met. <laughs> <laughs> we just met, so. Beautiful guy. He is one of the absolute sweetest. Yes. And I mean this in a very gen manly way. Right. <laughs> He's one of the sweetest men yeah. I've met. Mm-hmm. When you, when, when you, yeah. yeah. God bless you, brother. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the string arrangements put it Oof. on a whole nother level. It did. It did. It, it was like tapping something. Yes. 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 <laughs> yeah. Humble. Yeah. Humble. Mm-hmm. I haven't been moved like that by a song in a long time. Mm. And we talked about this a little bit before. Yeah. You wrote the words. Yep. Your son, Daniel. Yes. And your daughter, Trinity. Trinity. Yep. Yep. Talk to me about how y'all came up with that. Um, wow. For me, I had um, jotted down some notes about my niece and my sister. And... I didn't know how to express the, um, the pain that I was feeling about, um, about them and their relationship. And so I wrote down some notes about it. Um, we walk around feelings, Bill Castles. Um, I got to sing it to remember. Please, please do. <laughs> we walk around feelings, build castles round the pain and look away. At the surface we will play, the shallow is a safer place to stay. So it's like everybody's upset walking around the pain. And looking away from it, not really dealing with it. And I'm talking generational pain. Um, playing at the shallow end, never going too deep. If you go too deep, you know, it's like you, don't, you, don't, you won't know me there. You don't even know yourself sometimes if you get deep there. So that's where I was going with some of my notes and scribblings and writing. And my daughter, I, I, I called in my um, son and, and Daniel and Trinity. And I was like, I need to finish writing this song. 
So let's sit down and come up with something. And so me and Trinity, we were just flowing. Like, she's an amazing writer. Um, and they don't know this about themselves. They don't even know that they're amazing. Mm. Um, even like me telling them it's not enough yet. They're going to have to discover it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, my son, I was like, I don't have a um, melody for this. So he went down in the basement. He came back with the complete melody for the verses. And me and Trinity were like, yes, <laughs> mm. this is it. Like this, uh, a melody for a verse can make, tell so much of the story. And he was able to like create this melody that fit with what we needed to say for that song. Who did the production? I forgot. Dave Lindsay. Okay. Yes, that's my brother too. Yep. The words are beautiful. And the, the tone, the vibe, and yes. the strings. And it, it, it compelled me, like I said, to call Piranha Head and be like, dude, yeah. you're amazing. And I didn't want strings on that song at first. Oh. I know. <laughs> he was like, believe me, Tammy. <laughs> <laughs> believe me, you want strings. He's like, I'm just going to put a little bit here and there. And when I heard it, I was like, oh. And they say women don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm so glad you. No. I'm so glad you. Uh, yes, he's been. He is a blessing. Yeah, that. Um, and Saney coming in with the poem. The, oh yes. Yes. Who is this sister? <laughs> She's an amazing young poet. Um, she was like the twenty. 19, 2020, 2019, I think, Poet Laureate, Youth Poet Laureate of Prince George's County. What's her name? Her name is Saini Cisse. Is that her, is that like a, is that her actual name? Her real okay. name. Saini Cisse. Yep. Yeah. You, when my wife was listening to it, she yeah. started crying. It, mm. It's, it's. It. Yeah. Yep. You mentioned the shallow end. Never wanting to go deep. Yep. The shallow end is safer for people. And watching your sister and niece do that, did that trigger anything for you in like how you manage going deep? Yes. Absolutely. Because you, you can go deep. Going deep by yourself is one thing. Mm -hmm. But when you um, have a, a, a relationship with someone and there can be a lot of fear with going deep with, with that person. I'm just kind of speaking your truth about what you experience. So I feel like in life, I'm a, like a witness and a watcher to a lot of things that have happened like in my family, but just like in the, in the world. Like mm. I feel like I'm a, 
yeah, just, just a watcher and a witness to a lot of things. And, and I end up, um, that, that, those things really, really inform my writing too. Okay. Yeah. Because I feel deeply about them, even though it's not, I'm, I'm not experiencing the thing. I yeah. can feel really deeply about something. And so yeah, it moves me. And to be able to translate that in a way that resonates even to another witness yes. Yes. and watcher. Yeah. Because it's like you're telling a story. Yeah. Because it felt very much like it was yours. Mm. Wow. I felt you were talking about your story. I mean, it. Mm-hmm. Like it was about me. Yeah. No. But, you know, um, a friend of mine, mutual friend, told me that I am a um, Rissy. She said, you know, you're a transporter. I was like, what? Um, I used to sing these old jazz songs. And she was like, you really just transported me to 1950s, Mm. you know, with your voice. So I am recognizing that. In myself and accepting that that is that is a part of my 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 um my gift. How did it feel to receive that? Receive which? Good Just, question. Yeah. Because it helps me refine my question. Mm-hmm. Do you know you're dope? Um, that's an interesting question. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Because I think that's what I was trying to ask you by asking. For Rissy Cat, was. Let me share. Mm-hmm. I have to filter through so many voices. Mm hmm. And sometimes I'm not successful in getting to the core. Mm-hmm. Cause like there's one voice that is a tad bit louder than the other. <laughs> so I might, <laughs> I might get past the you ain't shit voice. I'm like, okay, good. I got past that one. <laughs> it's like, you could do better. No, no, you ain't shit. You never do anything right. You could do better. True. Like they're, they're filters oh my goodness. that I have to go through. Mm. It's getting easier. Yeah. As I'm getting older. Yes. But it's still something that I have to acknowledge. Yeah. So what I'm trying to do is reduce the time, reduce the filter. Yes. Yeah. This is kind of like the abstract stuff I was telling you about earlier. I'm trying to reduce the filters to where Mm -hmm. there's something that I know that yeah. I'm not acting like I know. Mm-hmm. I'm not moving like uh-huh. Like I know. Yeah. Yeah. Because I got these filters. Yep. Mm-hmm. So humble. Why humble? Mm. 
Why that word for the title? Right. You're asking the questions that I ask myself <laughs> with these titles sometimes. <laughs> you know, we're pretty and humble. But um, humble, when you, man, this song, that song kind of, it does touch me. But when you go, I look at the, the, the humble spirit as one of the um, purest forms of humanity. And humble, that song is like reaching into the deep parts of like every, I imagine almost every person's experience in life, like you're going to feel some type of pain, you know, in this life. So I, I, hum, humble to me is like, Um, like, like, I don't even know how, I, I'm trying to find the words to describe it. Actually, I can't. Because right here's, now. what helped me, so let me, learning to be humble enough to be human. Yes. And I was, that's, that's a that, that's a, a, a some some words in the in the in the song. Yeah. So I'm I'm thinking, learning to be humble enough to be human. So if I'm not, what was preventing me to be human? And I was wondering, is was that the title of the word, the title mm -hmm. of the song? Did it come from that part? Well, well, did it? No, it didn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, but yeah. I, I was thinking that, you, that that was used to kind of like imply getting off your high horse. Yeah, pride. Pride? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like, it's like staying in that shallow end building a castle around the pain and looking away, that is um, prideful behavior. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's a lot of ego. And, you know, that is the opposite of being humble. You know. As a mother of daughters, How important is it to demonstrate the uh, the qualities of like knowing you're dope mm. and wanting like because you look at your daughters, you know what they are, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I can only imagine as a mother that it would pain you for them to think that they're less than what you know they are. Yeah. Yeah. And the same would be said for our parents looking at us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Somehow, some way, 
Yeah. We still end up getting into these points where we have these filters yeah. and these voices. Yes. Yeah. So true. Which makes it hard for me to answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know that you're dope? Is it important to invite your kids on your journey of transparency and, yes. and going deep? Is that yes. something that parents should invite their kids on? Yes, they should. Yes. That would solve a lot of um, issues between, <laughs> you know, some teen or young adult behavior in their, in their parents. I would think so. Um, and early too, early on, not, yeah. not just when they're 13 or 14, you know, when they're 10. I always don't wonder. Don't let them see you cry. Don't let them? Let, oh, let them, them see you, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you see your parents cry? Only at church, <laughs> church and a funeral, you know, yeah. And I used to question, I'm like, when my mom would cry in church, I'm like, oh, I wonder, wonder where those tears coming from. What is she crying about, you know? Yeah. How have you enjoyed being a mom? I love being a mom. I love it. Um, yeah. They're, there are some stages that I wished would hurry, you know, and I think those stages are, are done from what I know now. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean? Tell me more. So there's the, the infant-toddler stage where that is, I just feel like they're, you know, to have somebody, to, a, a, a little human being to cuddle and hold and care for, I really love that, that period. Okay. Um, there were... Like that nine to twelve year old period, that was a little awkward <laughs> for as a parent <laughs> for me. Sometimes I'm like, okay, um, go. I, I need you to be independent, but you're not because <laughs> because you're nine. <laughs> because you're nine. <laughs> I need you to do this for yourself because <laughs> I don't feel like doing this. Like you know, <laughs> you ain't working yet, right? Like, well, Mom, I'm in the fourth grade. Come on. <laughs> are you um you have a good relationship with your mom so are you are you looking forward to having that kind of relationship with your daughters when she's yes. your age and you're your mom's age yes um i parented or i parent with that in mind like from when they were young. I parented like I'm raising these young girls and Daniel to be my, um, my friends when I get older. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I want to be around them. So let me um, you know, yeah. raise them to be the people that I'm going to enjoy spending time with when I'm um, older. Because I, I enjoy my mom, and I talk to her a lot. I'm surprised she's probably going to call me in a minute just because <laughs> I mentioned her name. Just talk to her. <laughs> yeah. 
what is um you're doing mm-hmm. the yams thing yes talk to me about that yams is young artists and musicians zone and it's a new program that i created um, the beginning of this year um, out of this need to have some cultural arts enrichment in this one school and it was a no-brainer for me it's like what i wanted to teach because i wanted to have something um super creative, having artists in this space, like poets, singers. Deborah is actually one of the um, teachers. Go ahead, sis. <laughs> yep. Um, and Saini, Cissé, the other oh, okay. poet. Okay, okay. Patrick Washington. And um, so I got these amazing people, Desiree Jordan, amazing people going into the school to share what they do with um, pre-K through K. Um, so yeah, I wanted to have to create something where students felt like they could have this space to be creative and they didn't have to work towards a, a A or B, you know, or perform even, Yeah. you know, but they will learn the skills of performing, but they're not like expected to, you know, produce something from this. So it's like, it's a, a little, Little freedom space. Oh, and I wanted the 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 um the curriculum to be centered um, around the African American experience. So that was the big piece for me too. What does that look like? That looks like um, learning poetry from our great black gotcha. poets. Understood. <laughs> okay. <I gotcha>. okay. <laughs> yes. Don't get more simple than that. <laughs> I mean, when I, was, when I used to teach, I would always find myself like going into black history and going, you know, getting, getting these kids. They had, so, they had so many questions. They wanted to know more. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't a part of the curriculum. You know, uh. it wasn't a part. But they just wanted, they were so curious. Well, how did this happen? Okay, so... So I want to be able to answer those questions, feed that curiosity. And I think arts is the best way, the arts, music, poetry, that's the best way to do that. What music is on the horizon? I've been talking about this. Um, maybe if I keep talking about it, it'll, it'll, the, the words for the music will come. <laughs> but I want to write a blues album. Ooh. I want to do some blues. Ooh. Yeah. Why? What's calling you? People think, well, not people, me. (laughs) I used to think, um, why sing the blues, right? But I realized that that is what, like, sometimes you need to hear the blues, hear the stories. First of all, I love the blues because it's like, it's, it's storytelling yeah. at its finest. At like. its finest. <laughs> at its finest. Yeah. So I want to get good at it. My dad loved the blues, so that's one reason it's calling me. Um, 
and he used to play the blues. He could make up songs right on the spot. Did he play the guitar? He played guitar. Yeah, that's me playing the guitar. (laughs) He played guitar. Um, And he loved the blues. So a a part of me wants to honor him, um, you know, in that way. I loved, like, Johnny Guitar Watson. Mm. um, Johnny Taylor. Mm -hmm. I love, like, blues. Jimmy Reed. Yeah. Um... I feel like also I'll get to know my dad in that generation a little bit closer mm. by exploring the blues, listening, feeling it, writing it. Yeah, I want to get to that place where I can really improvise and tell the story rhythmically like they do in the blues. You know, like I want to be able to... Re- refine my craft. Yeah. <laughs> Is Etta James considered blues? Mm, I think so. Yes. Uh. Yeah. I'd rather go blind. Mm, that's the blues. Woof. Love that song. And she sang that joint live and she's sweating all over the mm-hmm. place. Makeup gone. Yes. Left two weeks ago <laughs> and she just. Yes. That's the that's that's when you see because that because I feel like that's a another layer mm-hmm. that's totally yeah I don't know okay so blues album yeah or you, I'm also open to my intention is the blues album I'm also open to what comes. In that. So, so you've been on a spinner joint? Yes. A. Well, it was kind of the other way around. Spinner was on your joint. Yeah. He remixed your joint. Yes. Okay. That, my bad. And he's, he's going to remix another one too. How does it feel when, they, when somebody comes and just like wants to remix your joint? It's so exciting. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, and to have people dancing to your music, like. Now, the one yeah. brother you, you do, too, is uh, Azel. Azel, yes. He's cold. He is. He's cold. He's cold. Yeah, from um, Dominican Republic. Yeah, he's, he's amazing. He, he, wow. I really enjoy working with him. Really? Yeah, we need to do something again together. So. I really enjoy it. Are you jumping on his joints? No, he's remi- he's remixed some. Um, he's remixed, and we've also um, written songs together. Meaning, he'll write the music. Maybe he's um, oh, for in my lifetime, he wrote the lyrics to that, and I um, I recorded that in New York with him. So I did more like the vocal production, the performance of the song. Osunlande. Osunlande, yes. Roger Sanchez. Yeah. John Beltran, who Rome you, had introduced me to like some years ago. And then it was just wild how my um, music has gotten circulated in that DJ producer space. Um, did y'all do something together? John Beltran? Yeah. He remixed um, a song that I have called 
did he do Broken Wings? Or he did something. <laughs> he did something. I missed that. So so Spinner's getting ready to redo one of your joints. Mm-hmm. But Carla, um, so the record label is called Ultra Records. Mm-hmm. And that's who I worked with from um Ocean my Lade first album, shit. yeah, with Ocean Lade and Carlos Mena. Um, actually, you know, that's where I met Par- Piranha Head down when I met Ocean Lade and that whole crew, this house music, in that house music world, that's where I met Piranha Head. Yeah, he heavy in that yeah. joint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were like, oh, we got to work together. This is like years. We're going to work together. We're going to do something. We're going to do something. And I saw him on Instagram, and I was like, and he put me through. So we did like a, um, this was in 2020. And I was like, yeah, let's do some work. To- oh, I, was ha- I had an Instagram thing, and I let him come in to my, what do you call it when you? Accept? No, like you're doing a live, and you invite uh, uh, somebody Oh, you invite, in. oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Sorry. I I've a, done like two I lives. I had a moment. <laughs> I've done like two lives. Yes. Yeah, I have done it many. Yeah. So y'all, uh, okay. So he came into my life. I had COVID. I was in the bedroom with my husband stuck. He was like, just go live. You know, you need to do something. Yeah. I went live. Piranha Head, I saw him. He came in on my live. We like, we were just talking. Hey, brother, so good to see you. Miss you, all this stuff. And he was like, what you, you, what you working on? And I was like, well, I got a few things I'm working on. Send me some stuff. And that began the whole, the whole thing with Monster wow. Sundays. Wow. <laughs> yes. Yep. <sighs> Crazy how that works. Yep. His, his yep. contribution really, I don't know what you call it, but mm-hmm. it, it added an ingredient that yeah. it probably would have been perfectly fine right. without it. No. If you never heard it, but now right. that it's there, it's yeah. like, oh. You couldn't, you couldn't unhear you, you can't, the strings. Like, at all. It's, it's beautiful. I mean, he's, his work, yeah. And, and I had been listening to this song, didn't know it was Piranha Head until, like, Months after I've been listening to it, and I was like, "Oh, this this my boy." Which one, what song was it? It was um, with Molly Music and Jasmine Sullivan. Huh. Mm-hmm. Um, loved, loved by you. And I, those strings were just like, "Oh, they just took me somewhere," and that's what he has the ability to do. So he will always be an ingredient in my music from this fourth. <laughs> We're married. To. Fourth ever. <laughs> Yeah, they're fourth. <laughs> this fourth. <laughs> who who have you been listening to lately that makes you feel like that? Um, so this is what I was just gonna mention that he did some work on Victoria Monet's album. Um, I love that album. I haven't listened to it yet. It's amazing. It's just it's just good. I, it's just good. Um, she reminds me of when I first. Uh, started when I all right. I was listening to you know Anita Baker and Whitney Houston, the greats and all. And then when um when Mary J. Blige came on the scene, I was like, oh my gosh, my prayers have been answered. I didn't even know I was praying for, cause I just went crazy over Mary J. Mm. When I was um, a teenager, 
I was like, thank you. This is what I needed. And I can just imagine that that is prob. I would say that's how I would imagine Victoria's Monet is for some, some folks out there. Who like music. Who like music, yes. Like, oh. Who, who else? Victoria? I'm listening to this um, woman. I can't pronounce her last name, but her first name is Zoe. And her album came out a couple of years ago. It's called Yellow. I like um, Yeba's album helped me last year before last when my dad passed. Okay. And it was a grief album. So I needed that. She this, got that kind of voice too. Yeah, she does. Powerful. Mm-hmm. Powerful. So I like listening to that this time of year. So I have like kind of my times of year. Like, uh, is it like for holidays or the time of your father passing or? Oh, for yeah, this was about the time that my dad passed, like this October. Okay. And that's September, October. And that's when that album came out. So okay. the last couple of years, you know, that's, that's, that's my go-to whenever I need to feel. Or I just want to sing. She's, I love singing along with her. Um, I was listening to a lot of um, Beyonce. Are you, are, you, are you a Beyonce fan? I am. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, I hadn't always been. So you're becoming a fan. Are you, I have, you I have be- become. You become a fan. I have become a fan. I, it's, it's, it's interesting <laughs> so because I think some, some of the people in our age range yeah. have actually started kind of getting over it, I guess, um, from some of the conversations I've had from the, from the women. I don't yeah. know. I, don't, I can't. I don't know. It's That's weird. crazy. So you like her, new, her latest, her last album? The one before that? Yes. Um, I love Black Parade, and I love Formation. I love um, this renaissance, especially with the um, community that she kind of focused on with that. Yeah. Loved it. Um, and it was very affirmational. <laughs> um, and I think, I think my daughters probably have a little influence on me with her. Okay. Because they mm-hmm. dialed in. Yeah, they dialed in. Is, is being married to a creative helpful in your creativity? Um, yes. And I think it's because of the creative that I'm married to. Okay. He sees a lot in me. And he loves me. And um and he wants he has this yearning to to create and do more. So that kind of matches my vibe a lot. It's awesome to hear yeah. a woman say that her husband feels that way about her. Yeah. I am a proponent. <laughs> Pro proponent. For a marriage. proponent, proponent for marriage, <laughs> for black men, yeah, being faithful to black women, yeah, making it work, fumbling, figuring it out. Mm-hmm. I understand that people gotta, you know, part ways and everything, but yes, I'm yeah. gonna, I, I don't, I don't, 
I don't think that's a fault of the institution of marriage. Me either. And I, and I and I I'm gonna always advocate for that. Me either. In my in my conversations, because it's just I think it's it's beautiful. I know how. Um, I'm a man, so I know how men are, mm-hmm. and I know the value of a woman. Mm. And and how that type yeah. of love, yeah, and all of the ways in which a woman's love shows up for a man mm-hmm. and influences. It's not just one. It's not one dimensional, right? Like y'all love like in a full, complete way. Yeah, and a lot of the. It's who you are. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's like you're not even trying mm-hmm. to do it in some ways, it, because it's God is working in all of it. It's like even when you're frustrated, even when you're angry, yeah. like there's 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 something there yeah. that can be gleaned for advancement to some mm-hmm. degree or another. It's weird how I'm. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's 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 shifting my understanding of love and commitment yeah and how disagreements or uh, like these intersections of not being able to see eye to eye is really just the opportunity to reflect love in a different way Mm -hmm. yes that's powerful what you just said but i know it starts with a man and a woman Mm -hmm. let me rephrase that I don't know what I'm saying, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I know what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. It's like um, when I went through my being married, having children, family, all of that, um, and then getting into this space where I'm single, divorced, single, right? Um, there were a lot of... <laughs> There were a lot of things kind of uh, pointing to me to say, well, this is, you know, the single mom thing. You know, there was a, there was even groups for single moms. And and I was approached about one of them. And I was like, well, not, it wasn't necessarily, it was like a podcast type thing. Okay. And I was like, hmm, yeah, I'm single, but I'm not going to be single for long. (laughs) I am somebody's wife. Like I am I am a wife. Like I knew I knew that even in this where I um was single, didn't have a love interest, didn't know where I was going to be. I knew that I was going to be a wife. Like I know that was a part of my my life's journey. What is it about you that makes you know that? Um I think I am better as a human being in a marriage. Um, Again, that whole reflection thing, that's like you're forced to grow when you're in a relationship like that. And um, growth is very important to me. Personal growth is very important to me. Um, Yeah, and... 
I have this, for my, for my children's sake, um, I wanted a certain type of unit. That's with, with my husband. Yeah. Yeah. That was super important to me. Yeah. And I know guys who are better in relationships. I mm-hmm. think when we really sit down and think about it, most of us are. <laughs> like, we're, we're being lied to. I just feel. <laughs> and I get somebody to come on here and say, you know, they're single and full. And yeah. I just don't buy it. I just think <laughs> you're lying to yourself. Until you, and you don't know you're lying. You don't know right. you're lying until you're you out of the lie. Right. Like, just, like, just like with the fear. It's, yes. Um, if, if we're meaning-making machines, mm. then we will, we can justify just about oh, yes, anything. anything. So. Right. Uh, like, I'm cool. I'm good. I'm going to speak for the, for the, the pairing of humans. Yeah. And I didn't yeah. understand. I, I, I think it's important, especially for uh, men, to see other men talking about the value of mm. relationship mm-hmm. and and yeah. how it really is beneficial as opposed to seeing it as a um a prison right right because all we're saying now is like money over everything don't get married you know like yeah. it, it, have a good time yeah that's not it. And there's time for that, but yeah. the time for that is short. Right, that's not all of it. Relative to everything else that you gotta, yeah. I feel, do. And like, and like I said, I, I know men, and I know if you leave a man to a man <laughs> on devices, it's like with the Bible when he says, uh, when God says, oh, I can't remember what he was saying, you wanna do your own thing? It turned you over to yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and, and a man yeah. turned over to himself. Could be dangerous to himself. Yeah, and, other, <laughs> and others. Yeah, and others. Yeah. And others. Yep. I, um, I, <laughs> go ahead. I, I was going to say, I had a, um, a list. I did before I. A list of what? Of things that I. That would satisfy me. Oh, let me hear the list. Okay, I'm ready now. <laughs> All right, what's you know, the list? This was called uh, My Conditions of Satisfaction. So, there... <laughs> hmm. I, I, I learned this from my, um, my coach, actually. Coach? My personal coach. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So, and a whole bunch of... Whole bunch of Studying and reading books and being in community with people who are trying to um, be better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so my, I have my, my list, my conditions of satisfaction. One, I, this person had to like know God for himself. Like, and I ain't going to go through the whole list. But um, how, many was on, how many items were on there? I had like 12. Okay. Yeah, 12 things. Like I, I really wanted to, um, he had to love, like wanted to be in a family. Cause you know, I have three children. Wanted to be in a family and would love my kids, you know, 
and love his children too, that he's demonstrating that. You know, I had to be physically attracted, attracted to this person and, you know, other things. That was very, you know, some things very important to me. Um, faithful. And some other, some other things. At least it ain't got Cheesecake Factory <laughs> on the joint. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny, though? Kennard took me, we went out on a date. Our first date, it was at um, Tandoori Nights. It was like an Indian okay. restaurant. But you know where we went afterwards? Cheesecake Factory? We did. For just cheesecake? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I have no, my only issue with Cheesecake Factory, it's the same issue I have with outlet malls. What's that? I don't like, I have overload when I got too many options. Oh, yeah, they do have a lot of options. I like to but have. That food is really good. It's good. Yeah. It's good. It's good. And the cheesecake is amazing. Banging. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Hence the name, you know. <laughs> it's the factory. <laughs> so I think that's the kind of list I think that is no God for himself, family oriented. Love my kids. Like I know, but I'm telling you, I had to write this list though. You would think that that would be like a no brainer, right? But did you have to write the list because your to... coach was saying you had some other wild stuff on there, or no? <laughs> was Cheesecake Factory on there? No, it wasn't like that. Uh, I had to write the list because I needed to get clear for myself. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And one of the things I learned about that list was everything that was there. I needed to be. Ooh. Yeah. Were you? Yeah. Yes. That's why I got my man. <laughs> Kennard. So. <laughs> but it would have been okay if you weren't, though. Weren't. Um, all of those weren't things. Weren't all of those things. It wasn't, it wasn't like I set out to be. I just got had to take a look at why those things were important, you know. And it was a, it was a bit about attraction, too, what, what I was attracting, because you attract the thing that you are. Yeah. So it was a, a, um, like a little, a little practice in being that thing so that I can attract it. Mm -hmm. And I, I sing about that in Behind the Veil. Gosh, something in my eye. If you're looking for love, you be it. If you're mm -hmm. looking for peace, be it. You know. So I think that's a good way to think about what it is that you want and then ask yourself if you're those things. And if you're not mm -hmm. those things, then when you meet someone. Mm -hmm. Who are those things and that you're not? Yeah. At least have the courage to communicate that you're not those things. Yeah. And let them know that this is something that you're working on and that mm. you're struggling with and that you're looking to, you know, but it but at least yeah. because for me, 
one of my um if I were if I were to write a list, yeah. One of the things on there would be um what your relationship is to your shit. Mm. I wanna know Egg that. Egg on, yes. I wanna know that. And I wanna know I want to know how we fight, but the but what your relationship mm-hmm. is to your shit and your ability to communicate it. Mm-hmm. So if you know you struggle in this area, right? Just say you struggle in that area. Mm-hmm. You don't have to solve it. Yeah, don't. That's some, that's some real grown up stuff. Yeah, <laughs> because because for me. One of the things I think we end up getting into sometimes in relationships is it, it becomes transactional after yeah. a while. Yeah. And it's and it's really because something is happening in the exchange where we're not honoring something. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times what we're not honoring is what's there. Mm. And like if I'm coming to you like dirty draws, snotty nose. Right. Lying all messed up, mm-hmm. like I'm just in bad shape. Like as a, as a dude, like in in my mind, that's what, that's what coming to a woman, yeah. like you get to see it all. Yeah, you get to yeah. see it all. Yeah, and that's vulnerable for a man. Yeah, and yep. I'm very conscious of the fact that you would judge me. If you mm-hmm. saw that, mm-hmm. and more than likely no one else has seen it, mm-hmm. so we're going to get into this marriage thing, you're yeah. going to see that now you're going to start cutting me up into pieces mm-hmm. because there's parts that you don't like. Mm. And then in return, because I think you're going to do it to me, mm-hmm. I'm doing it to you. And now mm. we're not honoring or acknowledging who yeah. the full whole person is. Yeah. And we never just say that yeah it all is hidden around what you wouldn't do for me or what I wanted mm-hmm. or what I didn't get and yep yeah and, and it's messy and I think it's just my long-winded way of just saying my, my relationship with my wife is the only time like somebody ever told me that I didn't have to change mm-hmm. never mm. been never been told that my whole life mm. And the first time somebody That's told good. me I didn't have to change is when I wanted to change. <laughs> <laughs> Kennard told me that the thing that he loves most about our marriage is that he can completely be himself. And that was before the marriage, actually. But he was like, I can completely be myself with you. And I'm like, well, who else would you be? (laughs) Who else would you be? But... um, What do you think he meant by that? Just what you said. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, about about bringing his stuff. You know. Do you think women hear that when a man says that? If they're present to their man, then yes. Yes. Because like that, that little girl who didn't think men had feelings, Yeah, I think it's women. 
grown yes. ass women if they haven't done any work who think who 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 think that or yeah. or that's who think we lack the breath of, em of, of emotional yeah yes of that that we actually are tapping into mm -hmm. and, and connecting with and i and it's beautiful because sometimes the right how do I say that? Love mm -hmm. creates the space mm -hmm. that allows us to do that. And, you, yes. and, and sometimes women have to create the space a little longer than yep. they feel they should. Yeah. But, but that's because we haven't had it. But in the same way, we as men have to create that space for y'all a yep. little longer. Yeah. Because... But 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 it's that give what you want mm -hmm. kind of thing. Cause all men ain't been doing right by women. No, they haven't. Even you know the women who have given them space to do it. But ah, I I was I was commenting that if the woman has done the work to understand, um, to see men, then I think that it's possible for this um, space to be created where women get how um, important it is to, or, or how um, beautiful it is for a man to say that they can be themselves or they, they're complete, you know, they can be completely who they are. Yeah. With them, you know? <clears throat> when I say I did some work, I've done some work <laughs> to get there. Um, and it, and it, the work that I did had me see all men differently, not just like a romantic partner. It had me see my son and my dad differently. Like I, I appreciated in my growth who men are like so first honest giving um wanting to be that like um protector like I, I i started through my growth i started to see that in all men especially the ones that were in my life you know and, and that happened right before um, Kennard actually came into my life. You know, that growth that I'm just so grateful for, you know. So you got to see that before your dad passed, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's dope. Yeah. That's dope. Yep. And, and tell him, too, you know, that I honor him and I appreciate him, you know. You can never say thank you enough. <laughs> not to a dad. Nope, not or to parent. a dad. Nope. Yep, my parent. Yeah. Well, I can't thank you enough Aww. for coming on and sharing and giving me an opportunity to connect with your spirit. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's powerful. Thank you. And... and in the same way 
that yeah. you know you're a wife, <laughs> guess what? You know that you're a husband? I need you to know you're dope. Oh, <laughs> I, didn't even, I wasn't even thinking that. <laughs> Got you. Got you. Oh, 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 oh